hello hello good morning my friends hi guys it's me dot i am the oil oracle i'm here to remind you that your life is a ceremony and i'm doing something a bit different today because i am recording this as a podcast and at the same time I'm doing a little live on my Instagram, which is weird because now I'm actually like watching myself while I'm talking on the podcast. <laughs> and I realized the other day that actually when I'm talking on the podcast, when I record my podcast, I record it um, through my computer. I've got my little microphone for those of you who are watching on Instagram. Um, and I realized recently that generally when I'm recording my podcast, I'm talking with my eyes closed. <laughs> and so this is going to be a challenge to me today because I'm on the podcast and I'm simultaneously on my um, Instagram going live because I wanted to talk a bit about my story. And actually, I feel like this is valuable um, on either sides. I tend I'm try working with a, the idea that I'm keeping my podcast more like business focused and my Instagram more sort of like products and lifestyle focus but I decided this one I think is worthy of both so we're gonna go for it so good morning I've got my cacao I hope that you have got something um delicious and nourishing to drink this morning or whenever you're listening to this recording and I was going to talk a bit about my journey today like how I ended up in this work in this role working with doTERRA because it's like i'm fascinated by people's past lives and a few um like a couple of weeks ago i did a thing on my instagram where it was like nine truths and a lie and people had to guess <laughs> and it was really funny the things that people thought would be the lie versus what was actually the lie and like how shocked people were what some of the truths were um and my friend sarah has done this on her instagram today and i'm loving it because it's just like all these little tidbits and and past lives that we have that you know when I, when you make friends in a, in adulthood there's all these parts of people that you don't know um and so i thought it's kind of fun to come on and just talk a bit about how i ended up working with doTERRA because i've been a customer of doTERRA since 2018 but i actually didn't start building my business until 2021 so you know it's kind of interesting to unpick like what was happening in those three years in between and what i was doing in the sort of <laughs> 38 years before I, um, you know, or like certainly 15 years of working life before I joined doTERRA. So prior, at the point when I bought my oils, I was working in fashion um, and we had moved from London to Devon and we were living in an amazing house that was in a really really wrong location for us <laughs> it was it was beautiful and amazing but really quite far from everything that we were wanting to be around in Devon so we um but we were living there and it was amazing and we'd been there for um actually well actually do you know what I think at the point when we bought the oils we'd already decided that we were going to move we'd already decided we were going to move from there to Totnes because we um, I was just finding it really hard and too isolating and we wanted to be near a community and the house as amazing as it was was just so hard to run because it was huge and it had this upstairs was the living space and it was a 1200 square foot open plan living space that was like vaulted two and a half stories into the roof 
um, looked amazing. It looked like an art gallery, but literally you can't heat a room like that. So most of the time we were freezing. And um, oh, it was fine from like April till October, but like all through the winter we were freezing. Anyway, I'd been on this journey of like going towards more natural stuff, uh, natural solutions. So I've talked about it on the podcast before and I've, I've shared about it before, how I, you know, I had a journey with my menstrual health and, you know, from my teens right the way through my 20s. In my late 20s, I started to really clean up my act. And by the time we had our daughter, I kind of knew that we were going down this more natural parenting route, although I didn't really have any hard and fast beliefs around what that would be. So we were on the natural parenting journey. We we said no to routine things that happen in childhood. Um, and we were using more things like homeopathy. I'll say right now as well at the time, you know, m neither of my kids have ever had cowpole. So we were very much already on this journey of more like natural solutions um, anyway. And then we had moved to um, Devon because we wanted to go to the Steiner school down here. We wanted to be able to send our kids to Steiner school down here. And we just wanted to be able to, I, the way that I can relate it most clearly is that I just was craving the horizon. I had, I spoke about this recently too. Like I had been, um, in Devon in the spring of 2016 for a location scouting job and had been walking up on Dartmoor and I was just so swept away by the horizons and the sort of sense of space and expansion that I felt there. And I just wanted that to feel more normal for our family. And then for us to, um, you know, just go back to London for work or for holidays and for that to be the thing that we did for one or two weeks of the year. And so we, we you know, but within all of that, I was working in fashion. My husband's a carpenter. So we'd moved to Devon. We were on this natural parenting journey um, and I was still very much working my, jo my job in fashion. And because it was a, like a location management work, a lot of my work was remote. So I was often sort of um, contracted out to other production companies. So my work was quite remote. So I would do a lot of research based work at home and then just go up to London for like shoot days or prep days or whatever, or wherever else in the country it was happening. Or I'd go up for London Fashion Week if I was producing a show or something like that. So I was very much like in the fashion world. I'd been, I started in retail and then I'd moved into something a bit more creative where I'd gone and worked with a photographer called Nick Knight who had a website called Show Studio and I helped him set up um, something within Show Studio, a shop where they used to sell all these props from really iconic photo shoots. I don't even know if that still exists. Show studio shop, maybe it, maybe it does. Let's have a look later on. Anyway, so I'd done that. And then while I was working at show studio, that's where I had discovered the role of production in fashion. And I decided that I wanted to branch out and go into production. So I started working freelance and then I had, no, sorry, I did an internship first. And then I was on a salaried contract with an amazing production company, like run by one of the most inspiring women I have ever met. Um, she's just incredible. And then after that, I left there and I did some other kind of like high-end retail-y work. And then in the end went freelance and then we'd moved to Devon. So I was sort of going up and down to London for work and I, what I struggled with, especially once we were living more in the countryside, was that I was going up to London to these big photo shoots and events and the impact was so high with everything I was witnessing. So I was just one part in a much bigger hole 
but I was involved in the organization of these um, photo shoots and events. And just the waste that was being created really did my head in. And I kind of knew that most of it was kind of getting sent to the countryside to go to landfill. And it was really breaking my heart. So, cause often we'd be like on a photo shoot and at the end of the day, you know, you'd have all this amazing catering and half of it wouldn't get eaten. And it was in a time where we used to have these plastic bottles, like bottled water on set. And, um, you know, you'd get in like 200 plastic bottles of water and people would go and grab one off the table, take a sip and then, um, you know, put it down and then no one would know whose bottles was whose. So they wouldn't want to drink from anyone else's bottle. So they'd just go and get another one. So you'd like throw away like a hundred half drunk bottles of water at the end of the day. And all of these things really did my head in. Like it was really beginning to, to irk me. And I had a huge crisis of confidence and like a, a big like, you know, a moral crisis, uh, so crisis of conscience, I should say, a moral crisis when I felt very much um, sort of like I was really zooming in on the climate crisis. And I felt like when I was, it was just this really, it was too opposed because I was at home doing everything I could to minimize my environmental impact. And then I would go back to London to work and be in these very high impact environments. And it was so it was really beginning to wear on me and I felt like I was just enabling and participating in something that I really didn't want to be a part of. So at one point I was about to just step out of the fashion industry altogether. And then I had a bit of a light bulb moment where it was like, well, what if I become the change that I want to see in the industry? So I decided I would actually stay in the industry and rather than being a um, contractor and coming in as a self-employed person and working within other people's frameworks what I wanted to do was actually step out and create my own production company so in the sort of around the time when my son was being born and and I was at home a bit more I started dreaming into creating my own production company and I launched it um, I sort of soft launched it in the spring uh, oh in the late sort of 2018 in the end uh, my son was born in 2017 and it yeah it took a, it was around after he was born that I was feeling into it and then probably like late 2018 I sort of soft launched and started to do some work and then um 2019 like autumn 2019 was when I'd officially like registered the company it was VAT registered it was everything was set up it was all squared off with company's house um, and I was really getting into momentum to start doing take on much bigger projects when I was pioneering this concept of low impact production so what I wanted to do was to make my production company my work a, a vehicle for positive change in the industry so I was in advocating for things like no bottled water on set so I was buying like uh, reusable bottles that we would have on set and water filters that people could refill their water on set without plastic bottles and I was advocating for no disposable cuts, cups, cutlery or plates on set and that everybody would bring their own cup or we would have some reusable cups for people to use and that everything had to be yeah like there was no disposable items on set basically and at the time in 2019 that was quite radical I'm happy to say that from what I hear that's much more common practice now which is amazing and um but this was like really my focus and I was advocating for a zoom call instead of an in-person meeting if we could avoid it you know it's crazy in fashion people do fly across borders to go to a meeting and then fly back again 
but it's also just the structures that are in place in that industry so it's it's no one's fault but once you sort of see it from a different perspective it becomes maddening so i'd set up this company and i was like I was pioneering what I was calling low impact low impact production. The company name was actually Tender Union, which I kept as my account name on Instagram until literally last summer um, because I just felt really attached to what it was. And the idea was that it was like Tender Union was this, the concept was that we were going to bring things together to create, but from a perspective where we were putting like climate justice and racial justice at the front and then creating behind that um and that felt really important to me and so it was up and running i did a couple of really amazing photo shoots and then my last job in fashion was a fashion show at london fashion week for an incredible designer who was a real true visionary and her collection she had made completely from um she had contacted all her friends in London who were also designers and asked if they had any dead stock, remnant stock of fabrics from past collections that they weren't gonna use. Um, and could she have it slash buy it from them? And she designed a whole collection based on leftover fabrics from other designers around London. It was such a genius thing. And I'd helped to coordinate this show and we'd done this zero waste fashion show and or you know as zero waste as possible even down to things like having reusable face wipes and and um pat like you know makeup pads and stuff backstage and i met sarah moa from vogue and at the show and she was really interested in what i was doing she felt like it was really important we were going to have this um she wanted to write a piece about me for british vogue about what i was doing in the industry and but if you think like February uh, fashion week, that fashion week, it was February 2020. And we kind of knew that stuff was going on because nobody could come from China for London fashion week. And that was a really big deal because China was already in a lockdown. Um, and the British Fashion Council were communicating a lot of stuff about like, you know, don't print things out. Don't kiss, you know, hug and kiss people, you know, be mindful of, of contagion and that sort of thing. Um, so it felt really surreal to be doing this show and knowing that there was something bubbling and having that awareness. But in the UK, everybody was still really minimizing. Um, and so I did that show in February 2020 and it was beautiful. And actually, if you scroll way back on my Instagram page, you can see pictures from it. You can see pictures from my fashion career because I never took them away because it's all part of the journey. Anyway, I came back to Devon in February 2020 and I sort of said to my husband, Martin, I was like, I feel like this is going to kick off. Um, I feel like this is going to kick off. And he thought I was crazy. And I was like, please, can we just go to the supermarket and do a really big shop? It'll make me feel so much better. <laughs> and, um, and he humored me and we did. Um, and then, of course, like a month later, everything started over here with the lockdowns and stuff. And about three weeks into the lockdown, I started the... Um, Deepak Chopra 21 Days of Abundance <laughs> program, which I think like everyone I knew was doing Deepak Chopra's 21 Days of Abundance during that first lockdown. So like, it felt like everyone I knew was doing it. I was like, oh, I'm doing the 20, and everyone was like, yeah, yeah, me too. And there's like one day where you have to invite people to come and do it with you. And um, everybody I knew was already doing it anyway. So I was very, you know, very much on, on time for that. And I was doing it and, um, uh, you know, so I'd started to do that. And at the same time, I was seeing um, or hearing about how how it was 
going with people going back to work in fashion or trying to get back to work so maybe it wasn't three weeks and maybe it was a little bit longer because it was like may anyway we were in lockdown i was seeing people start to try and get back to work in some capacity in the fashion industry i had friends who were working over in milan who were like trying to get back to work with some of the big fashion houses and i was seeing things like health declarations that people were signing before they were going on set and um hearing about people having to wear full PPE to go back to work on set because obviously you're in proximity with the models and things. And I was down in Devon, just living my life in the sunshine. And, you know, as I said earlier on, we declined certain things that happen on a schedule for our children and we were declining other things that were gonna be coming down the line as well. Um, and, you know, no judgment, because obviously I think it's important that everybody, I actually just advocate for choice. I think everybody needs to be able to make their own choice and that was ours. And, um, you know, where we lived in Devon, I didn't, there was no need for me to wear PPE. There was no need for me to social distance because where we live is like just this beautiful countryside town where there was like, you know, there was very low incidence of anything going on. And I was sort of thinking about it and it's like, okay, so I could go back to work and I would have to be responsible for groups of people where I'd be asking them to sign health declarations. I'd be asking them to wear full PPE on set and you know, all these other things. And I'm not willing to do that myself. So I had this real moment of like, I'm not willing to do that. So, but how, we, like I can't go back to work and force other people to do that just so that I can work and do a photo shoot like this is insane to me it was so far out of alignment with my beliefs um and i remember i had started the 21 days of abundance thing and i was talking to martin and i was like i don't think i i think i'm going to shut my com the company down i think i'm going to shut down tender union um and we talked about it and i just you know we're very much in agreement on our perspective on things. And I just was like, I know I can't go back to work in that industry if I'm gonna have to play along with those kind of games, I'm not willing to do it. And so I rang my accountant or I emailed her and messaged her and said like, I just wanna shut it all down. And she was like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. You know, there's money from the government, you can, it'll pass, et cetera, et cetera. But we, um, I was just like, no, I'm done. So we shut the company down. And a few days later in the abundance thing, the prompts was like to create a vision for your life, a vision board. And I'd never done anything like that before. Um, and I remember like you have to, it was like a five year vision for your life or whatever. And um, he says to like draw it. So I hand drew, I meditated and I did all the prompts and then I hand drew this vision board and what came through for me really strong was that I wanted to create community I wanted to access my true financial abundance you know because abundance is all that there is and I wanted to really tap into that I wanted to work in a healing modality and I wanted to work with homeopathy and essential oils um, and for the kids to be at Steiner and for us to have freedom um, and that was what I drew. And I still have the drawing that I did for that up beside my bed. I love, it's like, it's very sweet. And it's amazing because a lot of what I w did on the vision board has actually come to pass. And there's other parts that we're still calling through. So it's really beautiful. But um, I did this and I basically felt really clear that I wanted to work with, I wanted to work with doTERRA and, um, and train as a homeopath. 
Um, and so these were the two things that came forward, really very much all about healing, wanting to work in a healing modality and support people and bring healing into the lives of others. And so I, you know, that was what I decided I would set my sights on. And I was already a customer of doTERRA. Hang on a minute, I need to drink some cacao. This is like, this is turning into quite a long story. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, yum. Oh. I've got rose and helichrysum in my cacao and it's so good. Um, so I decided I was going to work with doTERRA. And um, I did have a doTERRA account and I was a customer. And I remember ringing up, trying to ring the woman who'd originally, <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thank you very much. This is, yeah, it's a really long story, but we're going with it. Um, so I rang the lady who'd originally connected me to my, to my oils and I couldn't get hold of her. And I messaged her a few times and I couldn't really reach her. And basically, as it turned out, she had stopped uh, working with doTERRA because I was on the on the side of lockdown where I was like having a lovely time and suddenly, you know, I'd closed down my business and found I had like mental and emotional and practical space um, and I wanted to pursue this new path. And she was on the other side of lockdown, which had brought total, you know, overwhelm of having all the kids at home and, and dealing with a lot of life stuff. So she'd kind of stepped away from it, whereas I was wanting to step towards it. Anyway, I tried to muddle through and I, um, and I couldn't figure out <clears throat> how to do it. And I do think, that actually it's it's funny because I was so clueless about it all that I just I tried to figure it out and I couldn't figure it out and um you know I I basically it never occurred to me to just contact head office and be like help <laughs> you know I need help um I just was like oh I can't do this and my mum said to me so we had a family friend who had worked with um another network marketing company called New Skin for like 30 years and she is like an OG huge leader in New Skin she's built an incredible global team super committed she's like a New Zealand founder she's amazing pure inspiration and one of her daughters also works in the business with her and her daughter is like my mum's goddaughter and she's like my brother's godmother and you know super super close family friend and my mum one day said to me you know you're trying to figure out this stuff with doTERRA you've got no idea what you're doing there's no one to help you and meanwhile you've got Nina and Ginny working with New Skin really successful and would absolutely love to help you and it's basically the same thing so you might as well just do that and I was resistant, but then I looked at it and I liked the sound of the vitamins and the things that they did. And I was like, okay, well, like maybe I can, maybe I could do new skin instead. And so I got in touch and we had some chats and, um, uh, oops, sorry. Uh, got in touch and had some chats. And then anyway, so sort of May, in the, by the end of May, 2020, I had actually, um, given up on trying to do doTERRA at all and gone on this totally different journey working with new skin and I can't say a bad thing about it honestly I had such a positive experience in my time working with new skin I learned a lot I grew a lot it stretched me because it's primarily skincare new skin so I had to show off on the internet and actually like wash my face on live video on the internet so it's like if you think doing a talking story is bad try doing it in your bathroom while you're washing your face I swear to god you will realize that talking to the camera is not that hard if you're like fully clothed and made up so um anyway 
we um i went on this journey and i and i did love it and at the same time i was still using the oils that i had at home so i like i didn't have like a regular order or anything set up with doTERRA at that time but the oils that we had i loved and i was still using them and i was still recommending people to using the oils um and then you know but my account had gone inactive and i wasn't using i wasn't ordering new oils because i was sort of prioritizing spending money like investing in my new business so we had the oils that we had and i was um and i was going on this journey with new skin and in that time a family moved to our school an amazing family moved from london and i met them um, and they were working with doTERRA and so and I loved them and I, I had like a girl crush on Emily who's now my upline um, and um, you know and we don't they've got now five children they had four children when they moved and we've got two and none of our kids are in the same year together at school but we um, but we just kept bumping into each other because we had loads in common and um, and we shared a love and a passion for network marketing. And I have to say that I have been a salaried employee. I've been full-time, part-time. I've been self-employed. I've been a sole trader. I've been had a limited company, a contractor. I've done every different type of working. And whilst it is not perfect, 100% network marketing is the best. I love it. I literally love it. So you can't you can't talk to me about negatively about it because yes, it's flawed because everything that is made by humans is fundamentally flawed, but I absolutely love network marketing. And so I shared this passion with network marketing with Emily and Tim. And then I obviously shared a passion. I loved the oils. And then what would happen is I was still always recommending people to use oils. And then once I met Emily and Tim, I just would send people to Emily. I'd be like, oh, my friend Emily does doTERRA. My friend Emily does doTERRA and I'd be sending people to her. And time rolled on and basically summer 2021, I was getting married and it was my birthday and my friend was organizing like a pre-wedding birthday blessing. And she said like, who, who are the women that you want in this birthday blessing, wedding blessing? Um, like, and I basically was just calling in all the powerful, inspiring, beautiful, magical women in my life, of which there are many, I'm very lucky. Um, and Emily was on the list. And I remember, so, Trying to remember the oh no the order in which it happened. So first of all, before that, just going back so ever so slightly before in the summer, <clears throat> I was feeling summer twenty twenty one. I was feeling a little bit lost and like how am I gonna how like what do I want to share? How do I want to share? I was wanting to build my brand on Instagram and I found this book which I'm holding up that the people on Instagram can see, but. Um, for the podcast, it's a book called Hashtag Authentic by Sarah Tasker, um, who on Instagram is me and Orla. And it's a book about finding creativity and building a community on Instagram and beyond. And it really spoke to me. And I was like reading this book and I remember, um, or maybe it was that way around. I think maybe I was, I had started reading this book and then I'd had this birthday blessing and Emily had come and she actually, like, she gifted me the rose rollerball from doTERRA. And we met, we met, we sat in circle in this like forest next to a river and it had been pouring with rain, but we were like sheltered by the trees and we were sat on this circle by the river. Um, and she gave me this rose oil and she and another amazing woman, Rachel, actually like serenaded me. They sung this beautiful song about the rose. 
And I just remember in my head, my brain was like, why are you not working with her? Why are you not working with her? Why are you not working with her? And I was just like, oh my God. And then we were in this crazy portal. So it was all around the Lionsgate portal. I was getting married. All of this stuff was going on. My brain was racing. And then there's this exercise in the book, in hashtag authentic, where it's about naming your visual style. Um, and it was, uh, I was also doing like a, a manifestation sort of personal development journey with incredible Victoria from the Manifestation Collective. So I was throwing everything at it at the time, as I tend to do. And I was reading this book and there's this exercise that she gives you to help you find your visual style. Because the idea is Instagram is a visual app. So if you can define and understand your visual style of what you respond well to, then you can aim to start creating some of that in your own content with the intention of being visible and inspiring the people who you are um, similar to or connected to in any way. You know, ultimately like, community comes from shared common interests. And so like your visual style is a really good indicator of some potential shared common interests. So she gives you this exercise in the book about going through Instagram and finding the images that you love the most and gathering them all together and like saving them into a file or like writing a note and going down. And then she said, then the number three on the activity is to look at what the photographs share in common. And I remember I'd pulled off 10 images and I went through and nine of them were from people who were selling essential oils. So some of them were Young Living and some of them were doTERRA, but they were all, nine of them were people from doing essential oils and one of them was doing Kangen. <laughs> Kangen water filters. And I was like, okay you know when everything's screaming at you um and it felt really hard because i'd already so i'd already walked away from a business that i'd set up okay if you think about the fact that i'd had this career in fashion i'd worked really really hard to set up myself in fashion in my career went self-employed went freelance and then founded and registered my own limited company and started taking on jobs as, a, as, a, as an entity, as a production company by myself. That had taken years of work and training and practice and also quite a lot of money in terms of paying to register, like all the accounting stuff, but also like getting the website set up, getting the brand stuff done, buying equipment, you know, tables, chairs, water bottles, water filters, um, you know, all this extra stuff that I had to buy. So I'd, I'd put loads in to creating this production company. And then the world, the landscape, the plates had shifted, uh, tectonic shifts, and I was like, not going to do that anymore. So then I left that and I'd gone on this journey. And then I would started with new skin and I'd spent 14 months building that and really put my all into it because I am an all or nothing type person. Like if I'm doing it, I'm doing it 100%. And I really went for it with new skin and I did well. Like I sold a lot of Lumi spas. And to be honest, you know, I really rate them. They are great. Um, They just, you know, they'll fix your face, but they're not gonna heal your soul. So, you know, it's just a different offering. <laughs> and um, I think, you know, I'd put 14 months of really big effort into that as well. And then I was at this junction again when I was like, oh my God, like everything in me is screaming for me to um, work with doTERRA, to work with Emily. You know, by now my account had gone completely inactive. So if I wanted to move, I was allowed to. 
it was like you know I hadn't ordered anything for over a year from doTERRA we were still just using what we had and and I think you know everything in my head and my heart and my soul my bones were screaming that I should work with doTERRA and it was like another huge shift and sacrifice that I was going to have to make because I was going to let go of something that I had built and start again um but I remember yeah I kind of it was the exercise in the book with like all of those essential oil people and then sitting across from Emily in the circle for my um birthday slash wedding blessing and um and then just realizing like wow I just don't think I can ignore this calling in my heart anymore and when I look back they always say you can't connect the dots looking forward you can only connect them looking back and I what I can see in my journey in the way that I led as a manager in retail and in the way that I gathered people together when I was working in production and the way that I felt about that energetically to when I was working with New Skin and wanting to kind of build and create there to now being with doTERRA is that I what I always wanted to do was to bring people together in a way that felt healing and nourishing and supportive um, and to also be able to support people in doing that for themselves and you know, when I was bringing people together in retail, you know, there's the HR kind of aspect of retail where you hire a team and you run, you know, you manage your team in your shop. And that is very much about like energy and support and nurturing. And especially in retail, you often end up with younger people that you kind of mentor and coach and they grow and develop and you watch them grow and flourish. And I loved that part of my work in retail. And then when I went into production, I loved the way that you could see this bigger picture and that you were a part of something much bigger than you and that all of the the sum of the parts was also greater than the whole because there was some sort of alchemy that happened when you got the right group of people together and that you could actually kind of create something so beautiful and so powerful. And I loved that side. And also I was very blessed because I, because of the way that my career in fashion went, I was working with outstanding creative people, people who were really at the very top of their game who had refined their skills over many years and many hours of practice and that is a really humbling and, and inspiring and beautiful thing to be a part of so I had that with my fashion work and I loved being that like mother goose on set as well so I did once I had the oils and I was still working in fashion I used to take my diffuser on set and if people were poorly I'd be like getting them to breathe in some on guard or peppermint and wild orange and you know and I would use it and it was this sort of we had like the first aid kit and then we had dots first aid kit which was like oils and homeopathy and the diffuser and all those other things so I would you know, I was like bridging the two even then, even when I was just a customer. But and I and I loved the way that I could support people, you know, and actually being a producer is often about like preempting people's needs so that they can um, like preempting and meeting people's needs so that they can perform their absolute best and, and do their best work and facilitating that for them. So you do that through like providing delicious catering and like having everything that you need on set. You know, my mentor when I was working in production, her saying is like, it's always better to be looking at it than looking for it. So we always made sure we had everything we needed. 
And, you know, and I loved that side of it. But then obviously I had this issue where I was falling out of love with it because of the climate impact. And then later, you know, post COVID, I just was not interested in being involved in that way because I just didn't want to be doing that dance anymore. And I didn't want to be putting those sorts of requirements and restrictions onto people when I wasn't even willing to live by them myself. Um, And then, you know, New Skin was just this real kind of, it was this real journey of self-discovery and it was a, a huge learning curve. It was like a 14-month apprenticeship to train me up ready to go into my work with doTERRA in many ways. But what I love about where I am now and with doTERRA is like, and I think, you know, when I talk it through like this, I can really see it in my journey. Like, I've never been afraid of starting again when it is feeling right and necessary because I had my career in retail and I was very successful, but then I decided that I wanted to get in and start working on production. So I went back to the beginning and at age 27, I did an internship and I worked unpaid for nine months um, to train so that I could then work in production. And then I left from being on a salary to going self-employed. And then I went from self-employed to having my own limited company. And so it's like, I've always been open to the evolution that could come. Um, But there's always that, you know, it's also been hard to step away from things when you've built something up um, to step towards the path, you know, you're truly supposed to be on. And I suppose, you know, looking back now, I feel actually really proud of the journey that I've been on. Um, And I feel like, actually it's really it's really cool to see the way that it's going now and how working with doTERRA and it's not perfect I had a meeting with someone the other day actually and he was like he was not interested in the business it was funny he he should have cancelled the meeting but he he didn't anyway he kind of came just to grill me it was really weird but you know people sometimes need to do that sort of thing for their ego I think anyway he came and he was like so what's wrong with what's wrong with network marketing then you know because it can't be perfect I was like no it's not perfect and then we talked a bit about it but I didn't have a clear answer because no one's ever asked me that question I think the hardest thing about network marketing is the fact that you can't fire people when you feel like they're not doing that job properly (laughs) because you know if you've worked in like retail or anywhere else where you have any kind of HR um, situation you can give people a disciplinary and then fire them but because of network marketing we're basically a volunteer sales force (laughs) like you can't get rid of people if you want to Uh, which is maybe you know it's a good and a bad thing anyway I think that's probably the thing that I find the hardest but and you know the reality is it's not perfect like I said before it's a hum it's created by humans so it's inherently flawed but as far as working goes I feel like it is the best um certainly the best for me and it's not for everyone you know actually the answer that I gave that guy was the hardest thing about working in network marketing is actually that it's so misunderstood as an industry it's so misunderstood um and I think, you know, that is that pro- realistically, that is the hardest thing because it is really hard work and there's a lot of energy and momentum needed at the beginning to get it up and off the ground. But when I look at the scope of what we can create and the structure in which we're held in network marketing and the way that you do have a mentor who's there to support you and help you and guide you and bounce your ideas off and that you do have like a corporate team who just want to help you win who just want to believe in you and support you and answer your questions and and serve you as much as they can to facilitate your growth you know you have all of that and the only kind of massive like the what you need to put in is energy more than anything else 
um, that to me is huge because, you know, setting up my production company was a lot of energy and very expensive. And, you know, going training to do um, my internship um, to do production, I was not being paid. I, I basically got bought a travel card, um, a zone one and two travel card, and I had my lunches paid for when I was at the office. Um, and then the rest of the time I was working like a 50, 60 hour week for nothing. Um, you know, so loads of energy and it wasn't necessarily costing me anything, but it was, you know, I wasn't making any money either. So, you know, I think the fact that with network marketing, that the money that you're spending is to purchase products that you're going to use yourself anyway, that are going to benefit you, your health, your family, the people that you care about. And then you're putting this energy in. Well, that's natural with starting any business. But then the fact that there is like community support, there's a corporate team that's going to do all of your like logistics and customer service and everything else like that. Plus the fact that there is uncapped income potential and that you can positively influence the lives of so many people. That to me is just unmatched in any other career path that I've had. Um, and plus the fact that I get to do it on my terms. You know, if I'd have wanted to go back to work in summer of 2020, I could not have done it on my own terms at all. I would have been, um, you know, having to work around all of this other stuff that was going on. Whereas with doTERRA, I can structure it in a way where like I only have to work when I like I get to choose everything in doTERRA so if I'm like right now in the 90 day run that's because I've chosen to do that okay nobody can force me to do that in fact my upline said she thought I was a bit crazy for wanting to do it so you know nobody can force you to do anything in network marketing it's only what you choose to do yourself so if I'm working in an evening that's because I've chosen that not because anybody's told me that I have to do that whereas you know in fashion even with my own company you say yes to a job then you're on your client's schedule you're not in control of your schedule at all and like that's why loads of people go self-employed isn't it because they're like I'm going to control my own schedule and then it's like oh well now I'm just working like all the time because I never say no to anything um and I don't get paid holiday <laughs> so I think you know that is cool being able to say like actually I genuinely get to choose if I do or don't work and that will genuinely impact the outcome, like the outcome that I do or don't have. So you can't be pissed off for the results you don't get from the work you didn't do. Um, but at the same time, like if you need to choose to prioritize your family, you know, your your pets, your home, whatever it is, you can absolutely prioritize that with network marketing. And I think that that's incredible. And actually, it's encouraged. Um, and so I love that about it. And, you know, and I get to create in a way where, where I'm working, you know, and now, especially because I'm sort of like radiating my authentic self, I the people who come into my business, I just adore and like they inspire me so much. So we have these incredible conversations and we get to go on this epic journey of personal development together. And I think that is actually also one thing that really stands out that I have never seen in any other industry where they are so open about the fact that the reality is your success will depend on your willingness to grow. And if you're not willing to grow and be accountable and learn and expand and personally develop, then you're not really going to get the success that you say you want. And I love the fact that in network marketing, that is so out there in the open, because in all other industries, I think it's just like down to this really basic metric of work hard, do well. Whereas in network marketing, yes, work hard and grow, grow as a person, develop yourself 
you know, lean into those spaces that need a little stretch. Read something instructional or inspirational every day. Meditate, have a morning practice. Like all of these things that are so openly and widely encouraged in network marketing. I have never seen any other industry promoting any of those things in the way that network marketers do. So I absolutely love that about it. Um, anyway, this has turned into a very long live slash podcast. I'm actually super impressed because over on Instagram, there's been a few people that seem to have stuck with me the whole way through, which is awesome. So thank you for hearing my story today. This is also going to be uploaded as a podcast. I do have a podcast that's currently streaming on Spotify. It's called I Am The Oil. Uh, no, it's called The Oil Oracle. <laughs> and I will share it in my stories later today for those who don't want to watch the live video. Um, I'm also in the process of making sure that all of my podcasts have a transcript uploaded to them so that they can be um, easily accessible for those who are hard of hearing. Um, so if there's anything else that I can do to make these podcasts or recordings more accessible to um, different groups, please let me know. I would love to be able to support more people. And um, if this is all interesting to you, if you're at a point in your life where you're like looking for something else, wanting to find a way to be in your lane and help people, um, if it sounds interesting, just message me. It might not be for you. It's definitely not for everyone. But if it is for you and I'm for you, I would love to support you. So my friends, have a beautiful day. My name is Dot. I'm the Oil Oracle. Your life is a ceremony. So go and start living that way.